In this podcast, the Ontario Medical Association looks at current issues of interest in healthcare. Spotlight on Health gives you all the straight talk. We're Ontario's doctors and your health matters to us. I'm Georgia Balogianis for the Ontario Medical Association. June is Pride Month. In this episode, we highlight healthcare issues in the LGBTQ community. Dr. Tim Guimond is the mental health director at HQ Toronto, a new medical center for men and to men, trans and non-binary people. He talks about the clinic's innovative approach to mental and sexual health. And Dr. Amy Bournes, a family physician at Sherburne Health Toronto, explains the impact of the pandemic on her LGBTQ patients. is aiming to be a center of excellence for sexual and mental health care for cis guys into guys and all trans and non-binary people. So we're going to be providing a convenient downtown destination for HIV, sexually transmitted infection and bloodborne infection testing. To increase convenience, the services have been designed with self-service kiosks. So people will be able to come in, answer some questions, collect their own samples, and the availability of an on-site laboratory will mean that we are able to give rapid results texted to patients' phones within four hours of their testing. We think this is gonna be a drastic shift. We also have a whole clinic on one side here that is going to have physicians and nurses and clinicians available to treat anyone whose test results come back positive on the same day. We know when they've done equivalent work in other countries, it's reduced the HIV rates because HIV transmission comes down as people know their status and they're able to get treated much more rapidly. We're going to add on the things that people have done in the past by including assessment for eligibility for pre-exposure prophylaxis and post-exposure prophylaxis for HIV. So somebody who comes in and has testing, within 45 minutes, we should be able to get someone started on PrEP, know their HIV status. This is very different than the system right now where you need to wait for the results to go to public health, come back for your doctor to know that we can now start the medications. And so by bringing all of these windows down to shorter periods, we're hoping to be able to address the sexually transmitted infection surge that we expect and to address under testing. We also think that if we do this, it should be 15 or 20 minutes that it takes for a standard visit to our clinic. This is also going to be kind of revolutionary in efficiency and convenience for people, which we hope will drive up people having routine testing much more frequently. All that being said, I'm a psychiatrist, so I'm also interested in the fact that HIV, other STI, syphilis, those rates also tend to travel with individuals who are suffering from untreated mental health and substance use problems. And so we've integrated an entire part of the clinic here that also deals with mental health and substance use concerns. And so we'll have a stepped care model where if you come in and you request some mental health help, you'll do some self-assessment and we will stream you to a level of service that matches the severity of the problems you're facing and support that with peer programming and recreational and social programs that appeal to people in the community to make this a center that helps fight the isolation. LGBTQ2S individuals have higher rates of mental health and substance use problems compared to their heterosexual and cisgendered partners, and that has increased during COVID. We know that from one Canadian study by Goodyear that about 25% of LGBTQ2S individuals report increasing their alcohol consumption during the pandemic, and 19% reported increasing their cannabis use. 
And this has led to additional problems. So a study by Slayman that was done across our nation, but centered in Vancouver, found by comparing 3,000 adults early in the pandemic in the spring and later in 2020 in the fall, that while cis and heterosexual individuals stabilized in their increased needs, those of us in the LGBT community had continued increased needs and increased difficulties during COVID. So much so that early on in the pandemic, it was 15% of sexual and gender minorities reporting suicidal thoughts and 23%, nearly a quarter of the sexual and gender minority adults in this study were reporting suicidal thoughts late in the pandemic. So we're hoping to be able to innovate in this mental health sphere and to provide the services rapidly to people, both for sexual health and mental health. I think sometimes there's a tendency to focus on, look how different things are. Look how much better things are. Oh, there's a pride sticker in my doctor's office and things like that. But I think we also need to recognize that there's still a long way to go. There's still a lot of discrimination, stigma, and barriers to care and impact on the health of our population. We know that the pandemic has really created additional challenges for all marginalized populations. And what I've seen in my practice is that a lot of my patients had to make the difficult choice to actually move out of the urban center, out of Toronto, because of financial or occupational reasons or looking after family and lack of affordable housing. They've had to move back into suburban or urban areas where access to their inclusive healthcare teams, support services and social networks is quite challenging. And so that is definitely affected feelings of isolation and obviously therefore mental health and wellness. While the situation is improving to some degree in accessing gender affirming treatments, while providers are learning more all over the province about how to do this work, there are still significant gaps in care. And when trans folks are moving outside of the city, they're often having a lot of difficulty finding a family physician that is able to meet their medical needs or familiar with their care. I also just wanted to highlight the impact on youth because they're another subset that has been particularly hard hit, the youth in our community. Because I, I think for a number of reasons, but I think what, during adolescence is, is that feeling of belonging is so important to um, mental health and wellness at that stage of life and when you're coming out and seeking mentorship and peer support. The isolation that came from the pandemic restrictions, often forcing youth to spend time with potentially unsupportive family members. So again, things are improving in terms of acceptance of young people coming out in their families. And this is really very important in their well-being, we know. But it's not the experience of every youth that their families of origin are supportive of their identities. Having to move back home, having to spend more time at home has been very difficult. And the pausing of community programs, those, for example, provided by organizations such as supporting our youth when they stopped having access to in-person programming, they stopped having access to warm meals, to STI screening, to mentors and to mental health supports. Even before the pandemic, there's a study that came out this month actually in CMAJ based on data from 2019. It showed that trans and non-binary youth were at a five-fold higher risk of suicidal ideation, a 7.6-fold higher risk of suicide attempts than their cisgender peers, 
And sexual minority youth were 2.5 to 3.56 times the risk of suicidal ideation versus heterosexual peers and 2 to 3.3 times the risk of suicidal intent. So clearly a population at risk. This podcast is brought to you by the Ontario Medical Association and is edited and produced by Jody Crawford Productions. To learn more about the Ontario Medical Association, please visit oma.org.